What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Thursday, August 2nd. That's right. I'm early on this one. Going to try to get it up tonight. Uh, it'll definitely be up tonight or tomorrow. So uh, back on schedule, and I will explain. I will fucking explain everything. Anyways, um, it's uh, like I said, Thursday is August 2nd. You're listening to episode number 71. And, um, obviously a bunch of stuff to talk to considering, uh, this one was late. Um, couple of things. Number one, I want to first thank every single one of you people, all of you loyal Verzi Effect podcast listeners. Um, I asked and you guys said, okay, ask and you shall receive. And you guys totally sent way more comments than I thought I would get after asking you for that, that, that week. And, um, the comments are awesome. There's a second page of great comments. I really appreciate it. I like the feedback, um, whether good or bad. This way I could work on it because I want the show to be, you know, as I want the show to, to be enjoyable for everybody. And if there's something that somebody wants to critique about it, I want to try to do everything I can to uh, make them enjoy the, the show even more. But I do appreciate it. Um, some of the you know comments that really mean the most to me is when people say that I'm honest, that I'm real, and uh, you know that I'm just a, a straight shooter. That's what I try to give with this podcast. I try to give uh, the insight on the comedy world. You know, uh, just let you guys know what what really goes on with comedians, comedians that you see, um, you know, in TV and film, and also comedians that are on their way up. You know, just what we go through, and I I love to give you guys some things that you normally wouldn't hear. So I try to be as honest as as possible with that, and seeing the comments kind of validated that. So uh, again, it's it's uh, very much appreciated. Thank you for all the kind words. I'm glad you're enjoying the podcast. And um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about and mention was the iTunes situation. Okay, the iTunes situation is apparently the podcast is up on iTunes and you can download it. And I have 70 episodes up. You can download them. There's no problem with that. The only issue, and iTunes has been... Um, you know, definitely aware of it. I totally called them up, uh, which obviously there's no phone number. So when you call them up, they give you an email address because nobody wants to answer the fucking phone live, especially because there's always issues. But what I said on iTunes was, please, can you get my logo up? The logo for the Verzi Effect podcast, which may change, by the way, there may be a new one coming out soon. I don't know yet, but, um, you know, there's, the logo's not there. So when you go to iTunes and you type in the Verzi effect, the logo's down, but the episodes are there, which is the most important, and I'm working on getting the logo up. The logo should hopefully be up um, while I'm on vacation, which I will be going on soon. Um, I'm probably going to have to stop and pause this podcast in between, which you guys won't even know or feel, but I am home with my uh, baby girl, and my son is in daycare, and it's just me and Sophia. And she's rocking around in her swing right now, but something tells me she's going to get restless because all my daughter does is eat and sleep. I'm not even kidding. She eats like a machine. She is not bullshitting when it comes to eating. And I, I don't, I've never seen anything like it. Some babies every two hours, every hour and a half, every three hours. My daughter, like every half hour, is just throwing down four ounces of milk. It's insane. I mean, I've never seen any. This kid is going to be... She, talk about Olympics. She's going to be an Olympian if she keeps eating like this because she's multiplying by the 
I gotta just start throwing her in a pool soon or something and have her have her competing with the infants. I think she'll shit on them all. But we'll get into that. We'll get into the Olympics. I want to talk about um, a lot of things. Indianapolis, Yonkers Raceway. Did not see the Dark Knight yet. I'm going to see that tonight. So unfortunately, I can't review it. And I do appreciate the comments saying that, hey, man, I love your reviews of the movies too. So, um, But I will tell you this. And even though I don't have a review for the Dark Knight, I'll, I'll, I'll still talk about movies in, in a sense that I've been talking to people and comedians and comedy clubs and friends and peers, and I keep asking people, did you see The Dark Knight? I didn't see Dark Knight Rises. Did you see it? And the weird thing is I'm getting different answers. I'm getting it sucked. I didn't like it. Then I'm getting, you know, it was awesome. It was amazing. So I don't know what to think or what to expect, and I was kind of hoping everybody was going to be like, oh, it's the shit. Something tells me that I'm not going to love it. And maybe I'm wrong. And I hope to God I'm wrong because I want to go in there and get blown away like I did with the second one with Heath Ledger as the Joker, which I still say to this day, I mean, nothing's going to match that. That was probably the best superhero movie, best performance. It was ridiculous. Um, and I'm not going into this saying, oh, it better beat that because I know that that's a, that's a tall order. But something gave it away in the coming attraction or like the review coming attraction where they're like Rolling Stone said it's this and that. They j- I just noticed a commercial uh, today that said this movie makes it the best trilogy. So I'm kind of thinking that like they're even saying ah, it may not be the best but oh it completes it. And usually you want to hear a review of like this one was over the top the best of the three. So I guess it's just different. I'm going to see it and I'm going to be honest like I am with everything. You know, if it's visually good but I don't like the story, I'll tell you that. If the whole thing is good, whatever. Dark Knight, the second one, the whole thing I liked. I liked the story. I liked the characters. I liked the acting. I liked the ending. I liked the beginning. Like, there was nothing. I loved the music. I loved the action. Uh, you know, Gary Oldman as as uh, Commissioner Gordon. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was just perfect. And I know that it's that's a tall order, and I but I am expecting this Bane guy, the villain in this, to be a badass. So even though I didn't see it yet, uh, that's what I'm thinking about it. I will let you guys know next week. So and and oh, and I did see, I did see a movie, um, that was referred to me. Uh, comedian Joe Matarese, you might have heard him on my podcast. I also did his podcast, uh, and we had just worked together in uh, Indianapolis, which I'm going to get into after I talk about this movie. But I saw the movie uh, with Jack Black, Bernie. Now, uh, I don't know if I ever said this on the podcast. I might have once during a movie review. I'm not a Jack Black fan. Never been. He annoys me. His face annoys me. His voice annoys me. That Nacho Libre stupid fat gut mask on his face annoys me. The way he does silly dances annoys me. That tenacious D shit, it annoys me. Everything about Jack Black, I really am not a fan of. I don't like dislike and hate him. He's just one of those annoying people that you could do without seeing on TV or anywhere. Um... (laughs) <laughs> Jesus, I hope he never hears that. But he'll like this if he if he if he does ever listen to the Verzi effect. I always get worried that one day I'm gonna fucking get cast in a movie or something, or my manager's gonna say, "Hey, you're doing this commercial, or you're doing this part with Jack Black," and then Jack Black's gonna be like, "Hey, man, I checked out your fucking podcast. What's up with that, Dick?" But I will say this, and I think the guy's got talent and he's a good actor, but I'm just never into his movies. 
And then Matt Arise was like, you got to see this movie, Bernie, where he plays this guy, Bernie uh, TD or whatever, who, who, um, you know, was in, uh, I guess, was it Carthage, Texas, and he was a mortician. And he was just this happy, nice, go lucky, nice guy. And then, um, I guess apparently a woman who died, uh, Marjorie, what was her name? Um, anyway, she's played by, uh, Shirley MacLaine. She's an older woman and her husband died and Jack Black's character named, you know, Bernie, uh, he kind of like consoles her or tries to just like what he does after he does the funerals and the wakes is he goes and makes sure that the, you know, the widows are okay and everything's all right. And she was a real mean lady apparently and he developed a relationship with her and she was rich and all this stuff and then he ends up killing her. Um, but anyway, it's a true story and hold on one second. I got to see if my daughter's choking. You alright over there? Hold on. Alright, this is gonna be the first pause, but I'll be I'll be right back. Like that, I'm back. Uh see, you guys didn't notice anything. Uh and I could have been gone for hours or a couple minutes, but actually it was just like five minutes. I just had to get a bottle ready because she's gonna need a bottle, or I'm gonna have to pause it again. Uh but I'm gonna try to get this thing uh get this thing in before I have to run and I got some cool stuff to say. So anyway, back to the story. Uh Bernie. Jack Black plays this guy, and he was a really, really nice man, soft-spoken man from Texas. He was a mortician. Shirley MacLaine's in it, and, uh, you know, a murder happens, and there's a trial, and the town gets involved. It's a small community. Anyway, phenomenal, phenomenal performance by Jack Black. I mean, he transformed himself into this guy. He became this guy, Bernie, and it was excellent acting, really funny, really actual interviews with not just actors, but they interviewed actual people in the town and put them in the movie, which was really cool. And they said some really funny shit. There were just definitely some country Texas people that talked about it, and they talked about the character Shirley MacLaine played, uh, they obviously talked in depth about uh, this Bernie character, and uh, at the end of the movie, you see real footage of Jack Black talking with the real guy, and it was just done real, like, I, I totally, totally, I always knew Jack Black had talent, I always knew Jack Black was good, it was just, it just wasn't my cup of tea, and it, it annoyed me, but seeing this, I was like, man, this guy's got chops, like, this guy's really the real deal, this guy's good. So, um, I saw it in my hotel room when I was in Indianapolis. I would definitely say if you have a couple hours to kill, I don't even think it's two hours long. Um, really interesting, really good. And what made it awesome was it was a true story. Matthew McConaughey's in it, you know, little, little part. He kind of plays like, you know, I think like a police, uh, one of the detectives or something, or, you know, somebody that prosecutes or something like that. I, you know, he's, he's just in it kind of, you got to see the movie. I don't want to give anything away, but really good. I would see Bernie starring Jack Black. Matt Arise told me he saw it in the theater and loved it. And then we saw it again. And, you know, I'm not going to say it was, you'll be blown away. It was the most amazing thing, but really interesting and good acting. And it'll keep you there the whole time. So check Bernie out. Uh, okay, that's it for movies. Wow, I usually never start with movies, but we got that out of the way. And, of course, you will get the Dark Knight Rises review, like I said. I uh, got some shows to talk about here. First of all, thank everybody who came out to Yonkers Raceway uh, last Wednesday night. And then everybody who came out to Morty's in Indianapolis. So I'll go through both right now. It's really nice to see 
It's very humbling and it's amazing to be an up and coming comedian like myself and you start doing shows, normal shows that you would run around and do and not expect to see anybody. And now what's happening is, and it's pretty amazing, and, and it, like I said, it's a very humbling thing, is that now when I show up to shows, there's just people there to see me. And um, it's amazing to kind of see the evolution of not only me as a comic, but to just see how I'm starting to gain you know, fans that actually like say I'm one of their favorites, and it's amazing. And it's something that I don't even know how to respond to. Because it, it's like everything you thought and dreamed when you got into it and slowly you're gaining fans that are like, yeah, let me know where you're going to be. We're coming. Like you're one of our favorites. And hearing people in the West Coast say I'm one of their favorites, it's, it's amazing. And um, I haven't even really done anything yet. I mean, my first album is going to be coming out and we have some things in the works. But just the fact that my stand-up is getting respect and people are seeing clips and hearing that you know what I'm doing and and I can't wait for the first album to really come out because it's going to show people really really the comedian that I am I can't wait to give out my first hour to people um you know and and I've been holding back on it you know, I've definitely been holding back on it because I'm a perfection. I want it to be, I just don't want it to be some CD or album I sell on the road. I want it to be something that's like, holy shit, man, this dude is saying something. And that's what I'm looking to do. But people are starting to appreciate it and, and they're coming out more and more. I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm getting texts, I'm getting tweets, I'm getting, you know, uh, Facebooks and, and emails. Hey, man, I see you're going to be here. You know, I got a party. It is coming out. Can we come out? Is it sold out? We want to see you. And it's it's amazing. So thank you so much. Uh, you know, there were people out in, at, in, in Yonkers, which was cool. It was actually the first time that I ever performed in a real comedy setting. I mean, I did some bar, local bar that did a comedy night on Central Avenue years ago in Yonkers. But this was like the first one where it was like over like about 300, close to 300 people. It was, um, you know, at, at Empire City, Yonkers Raceway. And it was awesome. It was it was a great turnout. There were older people. Uh, I came on stage and I had to shit on the place. I had to shit on how shitty Yonkers Raceway has become and how old some of the people are. And you know what? They got a kick out of it. I mean, I don't know how the raceway itself felt about it or the owners, which I found out the owners of Yonkers Raceway are actually uh, Pittsburgh Steeler owners or part owners of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I believe it's the Rooney family or they're associated with it somehow, which I didn't know. But um, so, you know, it was um, just cool to, to be born in Yonkers. I'm from there, and I was at Yonkers Raceway. There were some older people in the crowd, so I was goofing around, telling them that they probably knew my grandmother, uh, and, and <laughs> making fun of the making fun of the people and the gamblers. And they let me get, you know, I said some really edgy shit there, and and it was great. You know, it really translated even to the older people. And there was a 90 year old woman in the crowd. Okay, this is the beautiful thing about comedy, too. You're on stage and you're performing, and you see people, you know, our age. You know, I'm in my early 30s, 33 I am. And then you see, like, you know, then you see 50s and a couple's in their 40s and scattered out. You see even comedy fans, you know, couple's in their 20s, or you know. And then you look around and you see some older people, and you're like, that person might be in their 70s. No, there was a 90-year-old woman to the right of the stage, and I had to stop my show, and I just said, ma'am, how old are you? And her father, uh, her her son, who's probably in his fifties, goes tell him, tell him how old. And uh, she goes ninety. And I'm telling you, I swear to God, a ninety year old woman. She was dressed up to the head to toe, dressed up nice. She had this big, nice, you know, like 
pearl necklace and 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 all this nice jewelry and she looked amazing and she was laughing her ass off at some of the most unbelievably edgy shit that I've saying that I've ever said in my stand-up career and she's laughing and going with it and she was like yeah but my nickname is 69 and she was making jokes and it was just a great time and everybody got a kick out of it so Thanks, thanks to everybody there. You know, even my from the driver. I mean, it was a great pay. You know, it was a great paying gig. They picked me up at a car service, brought me there. I had a great uh, conversation with the with the driver, and you know, he's an Italian guy from Yonkers of the Bronx. How am I not going to get along with that? You know, but it it was good time. So thank you if you came out there to see me, and it was really really different and cool to be in a situation where you were born you know the era used to be beautiful because for the people that don't know Yonkers Raceway in the 30s 40s and 50s the movie stars went there it was the place to be Yonkers Raceway was a very big famous clean classy like the richest the all of the you know celebrities would show up I mean you're talking about some of the biggest movie stars in Hollywood would go to, go to Yonkers Raceway and now it's just like shitty and a, and a slot machine casino uh, you know, with hor- harness racing and, you know, but it was still fun. So that was cool. Now I got to get to the road trip. So from that show, I literally left Yonkers Raceway and Matt Arise picked me up and we drove to Indianapolis. So we did five hours that night. It was about 930. We got in the car. We went from, um, we went from like, obviously Yonkers and we hopped on. Well, yeah, we hopped on the, the, the Deegan over the bridge. We did five hours, and we got like kind of close to Ohio, or, like Pennsylvania, towards the end of Pennsylvania. We stayed at a hotel. We woke up the next day. We banged out another seven hours, and we got to Indianapolis. And driving sucks, dude. Fuck it. I'm afraid to fly. I don't like flying, but I'm done driving. You know, I'd rather fucking take a drink, take a Xanax, take my chances because... 12 hours in a car, man, that's, it's just, it's a long time, and, you know, I mean, we had a good time, we were listening to some podcasts, um, I was listening to Brian Callen's podcast, for you guys that don't know Brian Callen, Brian Callen was in The Hangover 1 and 2, he was also on Mad TV, he does a lot of voices, he was in that Gillette, uh, Fusion commercial, uh, if you saw him, you'd recognize him, if you don't know, if you're a comedy fan, you probably know, but he had one, and, I heard two back-to-back podcasts. Uh, Matt Arise was sleeping in the car, and he was talking about... Um, he had his friend on who unfortunately passed away of pancreatic cancer, but this guy, um, Sam Brown, I believe, and um, it was just... The guy was sitting there, and he's, you know, dying, essentially, with pancreatic cancer, Like, and these were, like, in his last months or whatever, and he was just still unbelievably funny, and I listened to two podcasts that were over an hour long and it, it helped the trip and it was amazing and it also let me know that brian callen's podcast is good so definitely check that podcast out too but we listened to mark Marin's podcast with jb smooth that was a great one uh we listened to a, a bill burr podcast you know and we just shot the shit you know we both have kids just talking about uh how it was going to be even though we're going to miss our kids it was going to be a little bit of a break but finally we get to indianapolis we were staying at the hyatt and it was fine. It was it was a great um, day of driving, believe it or not, the day that we got there. It was a little long, but the nice thing was we got there kind of almost around showtime. So we just went to our hotel, got dressed, went to the club. And people, I got to tell you something. I actually asked him if it was cool if I talked about him on the podcast, and he said yes. 
Now, there's like four owners of Morty's Comedy Club in uh, Indianapolis. One of the owners is this guy, Chris Bowers, but everybody calls him Bowers. Holy shit, is this guy hilarious. This guy is straight out of a movie. He's one of those guys where, like, you'd go to Vegas with and you wouldn't sleep for four days. And, you know, he's a comic and he's, um, you know, I think he's been doing comedy like five years. And, you know, he's actually, he's not one of those comedy club owners that just goes up there and tries it. He actually has some funny shit to say and he's honest. And if he sticks with it, you know, I, I definitely, like, wow, dude, you know, you're funny. But just one of these, like, ranting, funny you know, he, he's one of these guys that's like, no, I don't want to see a movie. Like, he actually said this, and we were just laughing. And this is when I liked, this is when I liked him. I knew I would like this guy. Uh, he goes, yeah, I don't go to the movies for like, I don't want to see, you know, all kinds of, you know, storylines or, or whatever he said. He's like, I don't care about like how the acting was, okay? Acting is fucking easy, okay? I want to sh- see shit get blown up. I want to see shit get fucked, okay? I paid $9 and it's just one of these guys, like one of these guys like at 100 miles an hour. Just fu- he He literally said this and it was one of the funniest things a comedy club owner has ever said. Absolutely hilarious. He goes, listen guys, the difference between me and other comedy club owners is, I want you to fuck my waitresses. <laughs> he lit. I, I just like it was one of the funniest things because you know in comedy clubs they don't like that shit. They're like you know don't you know. And me and Joe could give a fuck because we're married. We got kids. We're not into that. But just the fact that like he started off his introduction like that. So then he goes. So what do you guys want to do when we're here? You know while you're here. So we're like, oh, we're definitely going to play golf. I want to see, you know, Dark Knight, the movie, which obviously, as you know, I didn't get to see. But I was like, I'd like to do that. You know, a couple different things I'd like to do. Um, you know, and, and, and he goes, hold on, hold on. I'm going to get an itinerary. I'm going to make sure we get this done. This guy goes and gets a paper. And he's like, all right, you guys want to see Dark Knight? You want to go golfing? I'll take care of that. Um, then he mentioned to me, and one thing I really wanted to do, and I didn't get a chance to do it because it didn't work out timing-wise, but... You know, as you guys know here on the Verzi Effect, I'm a big sports fan. And the Hoosiers gym from the movie Hoosiers, the the little gym, the one that says Go Hickory on the back, the one that Gene Hackman was practicing with the team when he first got to town, that you could actually rent that out for 25 bucks. And it was only like 30 or 35 miles away from where I was and shoot around. And I played basketball. It was a home run, but we played golf. And uh, the day that we could have went would have been after golf. And the other days it was like rented out. Someone was having like a wedding there or a banquet. So we couldn't do it. And it would have been just a thrash to... It would have just been cramming too much to play golf. And then run out to to this thing and shoot around. And then get back and shower. And then get dressed and run to the comedy club. It would have just been too much. Especially since we had two shows that night. So that didn't work out. But I will definitely do that the next time I'm out there. I got to tell you about golf. We're out there playing golf. I played the golf of my life. The first four or five holes, I only didn't do well on like two holes but I still I think it's safe to say if we were keeping score it was pretty much mine but we did what we did was a uh, we did a a scramble or we yeah we did teams it was me and Matt Arise versus the owner Bowers and his buddy Ryan and uh, me and Joe beat him by uh, I think you know whatever a few strokes six strokes but we had a blast it wasn't like a real competitive oh fuck it was just fun and it was a great time. But the thing about the Midwest, if you haven't been out there, okay, this is what happens. And I'm not a big weather nut. Matt Arise freaks out about weather more than me. But you can literally go, and this happened all in the same day. Sunny, beautiful, 
80, 90 degrees, no humidity, blue skies, not many clouds, just a nice day. And in an instant, a fucking instant, black clouds hovering over, like end of the world shit, dude. End of the world. Like you're looking up like, what is that? That cannot be good. It just comes rumbling in and you're like, dude, the Mayans were, the Mayans were late. That's how sick it looked. Just insane. And then it cleared up after a monsoon. And the funny thing about this owner, Bowers, this guy that I'm telling you about, he's standing in a monsoon of rain driving the ball like it's beautiful, not a, not a, not a cloud in the sky. And uh, Matt Arise goes, yeah, I'm just going to wait over here in the cart until it calms down. And Bowers looks over. He goes, really? Like, this guy wasn't phased by anything. It was absolutely hysterical. Then um, after that, it cleared up. We finished. We only played nine holes. After we finished, it cleared up. And then guess what? It hailed golf balls. Hailed. The car was getting pelted. It's, it, was like, it was like a group of people were just shooting the car with, 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 with pellet guns. I mean, hail balls, like, all in the same day. Sun rain, black skies, blue skies, just big balls of hail coming down. That was the Midwest. We, I talked about it on stage. I had a great time, though. The people were awesome. It's another thing I want to talk about. Uh, well, I'll get to the people in a second. But anyway, so this owner, this guy Bowers, he's got this Cincinnati. He's a Cincinnati Bengals fan, and he took us to his beautiful house, and he's got this pool. and like all, like all He's one of these guys that you go to his house, and there's just people there. It's like a movie. Like, there's just people hanging out by the pool. There's people on the couch. Like, it's like a fraternity house. Hilarious. It's like, yeah, you know, we'll come back, have a house party with, uh, you know, with, you know, with the pool and everything. I mean, and and then he takes us downstairs to his basement. He's got this amazing, like, Cincinnati Bengals room with all kinds of Cincinnati Bengals memorabilia. He's got, like, an off room of, like, you know, just, like, figures that he hasn't taken out of the package yet. The guy is absolutely hilarious. You know what he said? He goes, yeah, he's like, I'm kind of like if a 17-year-old had money. And that's really what he's like, just a fun-loving, good dude. I had a great time at his club. Um, you know, uh, Bowers, if you're listening to this, man, it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, the club was great. I, I want to get to the crowds. The crowds there were amazing. It, it was, it, it, it's rare there was a few. I talked about it on here. The DC Improv, the Atlanta Punchline, you know, um, Gotham Comedy Club in New York, Carolines. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of spots. Lately, Stand Up New York has been amazing, and I know the stand, the the new club that's going to be open is going to be like that. But there are certain clubs where when you go into a bit, they're just listening. They're in. They're about the comedy, and that's what this club is uh, in Indianapolis. So if you go out there, man, definitely check it out. I I can't tell you enough how how much of a good time that we had out there. The crowds were smart. Um, sold some of my Verzi Effect podcast T-shirts. And I, I can't say enough about the staff was awesome. Just they treated the comics. It was great. Great time. Uh, but the storms are no joke, dude. They do not bullshit at all. Um, so that was the experience there. Joe had a good time too. And then we one night we stayed up uh, way too late. Thanks to Bowers, the owner. He's one of these guys that you got to just... I'm telling you, you can't hang out with this guy too much or you'll just end up you know, losing your family. But anyway, so that was the Indianapolis trip. And, you know, uh, you, you go there and you're like, ah, I'm going to rest up. 
then you, you see the people, eh, they want to hang out, they want to party, and we didn't do it too much, but the night we did it, we, we were up late, and we got really, ti- we got really tired, and, and that's why all of the second half of the itinerary we were going to do was like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. Like, the last day we were there, we stayed in bed till like, 3. We walked to a cheesecake factory, bought bad food, ate it in our room, watched this movie, Bernie, went back, did our two shows and just went back and crashed and had to get in the car. The car ride back sucked and it made me say I'm flying from now on. I'm flying from now. I'm not wasting a whole day in the car anymore. That's done. So that's it. Uh, I may have to pause it again with the daughter, but we knocked out the Yonkers thing. We knocked out that and we want, I'm going to talk some Olympics. I've been watching the Olympics. I'm loving the Olympics again. Every time I watch the Olympics, I can just sit there. It's amazing. The only thing that was kind of painful, like rowing. I don't like the rowing. You know, like the crew or whatever it is where they're just like, you know, it's just, it's, show me the last like 100 meters of it. I could get into that, but I just can't watch it because it's just so, it looks like a, it looks like a movie that's like stuck on a part and it's just still going like, the, the, it, I, I don't like the rowing. The swimming I'm loving. Michael Phelps. Uh, is uh, you know I thought he was gonna fall from grace a little bit and maybe to somewhat but he's coming strong man the the I even was watching gymnastics I even I did turn it off I'm not gonna lie I didn't watch the whole thing but like I was watching the the women's gymnastics and then for a second just when they told a story about this kid and his dad I watched a dude on like the the one of the dude gymnastics things I was like all right man I gotta see if this guy wins a gold because he's like he dedicated like four years like that's the, the amazing thing about the Olympics to me is like, as much as I am into my career, okay, and I'm trying to to get to the top of comedy, you know, I'm trying to be the best of the people that are at my level, but I want to even pass that and get to the next level and the next level, and you're always thinking about that, and when you're not on stage, you're writing jokes and all that. But think about what an Olympic athlete does. They, they don't have, they don't fucking watch TV for years. Like, they don't eat bad for years. Like, it's like 8 to 12 hours a day practicing, like, that's a level of, that's why they're the greatest in the world. It, it's, you know, I couldn't imagine, like, there's not enough time, but, like, I, if you were on stage doing shows for 12 hours a day, you'd be the best comedian in the world in, like, a year just because, you know, and that, that's obviously unrealistic, but that's what these guys do, you know? Um, it's amazing. It, it's, and the way the swimmers can go so fast without making a splash I said the other day, I was like, if I ever tried to swim that fast, it would look like a fucking plane just crashed in the pool. <laughs> it would be ridiculous. Like, those those people, the camera, you see the camera on the bottom of the pool is, like, moving. It's got wheels. That's how fast these people are going. And it doesn't even look like they're splashing hard. Now, I don't want to be insensitive, but some of these bitches from other countries look like fucking creatures. They look like... I mean, and it makes them look worse with those silver goggles and their hair up. So you just see like a big pale body that looks like a fucking Frankenstein creation. <laughs> Some of the like, you know, Shviklana mix, you know, whatever the fuck these, whatever this chick's name is. Um, you know, they just look like the Americans, they look... I mean, some of the swimmers, let's be honest. I mean, they're not the best looking, and they have that big neck and shoulders. You know, they look like they could not only be great swimmers, but they could win a championship in arm wrestling or bench pressing, but just because I guess those are the muscles that are being used in the pool that they never use. 
but at least the American swimmers, and I'm not trying to be a dick or insensitive to other countries here just because I'm American. I'm really not. Because if we had dogs out there, I would be like, holy shit, dude, how about our women? You know, but, and the funny thing is the tennis players are all pretty. Is it me or the tennis players all pretty? Every fucking tennis player is pretty. Even like the ones from Germany or whatever, they have like, there's something pretty about them. They, I don't know, maybe it's because their hair's down. It's just a swimmer's body. And let's be honest, that's why they're good at swimming. They got big hands. They got big feet. They got their arms look like legs. It. I mean, they're just, like I'm five eight. No matter how fast it's swimming, I could never beat these people just because I'm not. I don't. I'm not tall enough. I don't have the body like to do it. You know, I'm a five eight fucking Italian Greek dude. There's not. I, I couldn't fucking. I was actually thinking while I was watching the swimming if I tried to compete, how many laps they would beat me by. <laughs> Just just watch how fast they're going and think, all right, let's say you got your shit together. You know, next time you're in a pool, just see how fast you could go back and forth. They, they would fucking go there and back, I think, before I got there. I'm not kidding. I think that they would go there and back before I got there once. It would be like a fucking 15 second. No, it would be like a 25-second beating. It is ridiculous to see how good these people are. But the, the, the amount of practice that they're putting in is amazing. Um... I'm trying to think of events that I just thought were were silly. You know, the badminton was... was I made a joke about badminton. I, just, I, I said that before. It's like they get laid. It's the only time you could be like... You could brag to a girl that you're a badminton player is during the Olympics, you know, when you got the USA jacket on. Because if you said it at a barbecue, they would look at you like you were the biggest fucking loser in the world. But I think watching the Olympics is cool because it, it shows more human... That's what it is. That's why we like to watch it. Because you know, any of those people could be somebody that we know or even ourselves if you dedicate the time to something like that. And the USA men's basketball team, let's be honest. I mean, Tunisia, really? They're playing Nigeria tonight? The fuck is the score of that game going to be 120-8? to eight? It's, it's so ridiculous <laughs> watching Kobe Bryant throwing alley-oops. To LeBron James when he's dunking on Tunisian basketball players. It's like, that's why I have a hard time watching the Yankees now. Because I can't get excited when they're beating the fuck, you know, out of the Kansas City Royals 7-1. to Just because they're that much better, you know. But I think uh, that the reason why we like the Olympics or, or the reason why I like the Olympics is because you just see, like, real people dedicate, you know. And, and I guess in a way, you know, as a comic, I'm doing the same thing. Obviously, you know, you can only do it at night and, and there's only 52 weeks in a year and weekends and you want to get up during the week working on stuff, so you obviously can't. But, like, that's kind of what we do as comedians. We kind of, you know, run around and, and try to get great and then they tell our story and, and, and we just want to be great at what we do. And these guys, like, I watched somebody do make, like, one mistake and the guy was like his life was over. And then that, that girl gymnast who didn't make the, um, what's her name, Jordan something, Weaver or something, she didn't make the, 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 the singles for the, for the uh, you know, the individual thing. She didn't do, she didn't make the qualifying for that. And, like, she was like, her life broke down. Like, it was like, that's what she's been wanting to do her whole life. That's what I love about the Olympics. It's like, you can't fuck up. I want to see darts in the Olympics. I thought they had it. Somebody said they didn't. I want to see darts in the Olympics. Because if they have other things, like, I think darts should be there. Darts is a skill. They're going to do golf, I think, in 2016, which will be awesome. But I got to be honest. I don't think I want to see the NBA players in the basketball. It's just, I don't think a pro athlete should, 
I just don't think a pro athlete should be in the Olympics. And don't get me wrong. It's fun to watch your guys and your, your favorite players on your NBA teams winning championships or, or, or winning gold medals for your country, but it's just too easy. Like, that would be unacceptable. Unacceptable for the week would be if the USA uh, loses any game ever with this team. They, they can't lose. I've been watching also the volleyball, man. Women's beach volleyball. It's awesome. And I know what you're thinking. Yeah, of course you're watching it because, oh, they're bikinis and this and that. No. I mean, listen, it's nice that you're not watching fucking big broody dogs out there. Don't get me wrong. But I just actually like watching it. It makes you feel like you're on vacation. It really does. So I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying this, uh, this summer games. I can't wait to see track, you know, track and, and feel. I mean, the discus I don't get into. A guy just turning around. I think that's silly. I mean, it's like so fucking ancient. Like, I mean, I guess it's, I guess anything is a skill, but I'm not into the discus. I'm not really into like the, what's the thing where they run with the stick? I'm not really into that. Like that doesn't, but I'm into like human beings running like fucking cheetahs. Like Usain Bolt being the fastest human to ever be on this planet. I love shit like that. It's amazing to me. Even these swimmers, they swim like fucking fish. You see their feet? They just they look like fucking dolphins. It's amazing. It's amazing to me. And the uh, the synchronized diving. I just uh, you know what I would like to see though, and I think it would be entertaining for everybody. And I know that it shows bad sportsmanship, but when you have a teammate, or you know, like there's like a double kayaker, or there's like synchronized diving, or there's like teams like the relay and swimming. Wouldn't it be great if they just got on the guy that fucked up? Like, how great would it be if, like, the synchronized swimmer just looked at the other guy and he's like, you fucking asshole. Been working four years with you, dick. You got to turn your hips like that and look. we look like fucking assholes. Like, it would just be great if NBC picked up somebody really bitter towards <laughs> I knew you were a dick. I, that's why I don't even fucking... Why would you turn like that? We've been doing this for months. Years, actually. Fucking loser. Or, like, if somebody was, like, uh, the ball was out of bounds. <laughs> the ball was out of bounds in volleyball. And one of the chicks was like, dive, bitch, dive. What do you think? I'm not out here playing games. Oh, Jesus, I got my, I got my daughter in a swing. And uh, yeah, she's going to probably freak out in a second. That would be hilarious, though, wouldn't it? Like if there just was just real. Because you know that's what they're thinking. You know, they do the whole hugging and everything. But you know afterwards, like when they go to their hometown, they're like, I, I had my shit. I, I did my job. You know, this bitch fucked it all up. But, uh, okay, what else do we have to talk about here? You know, I had a, I'm had not going to lie to you guys. I had a really funny unacceptable that I thought about yesterday, and I can't remember it. And I will remember it, hopefully, and get it on another one. But I'll try to do an unacceptable um, for the week at the end of this podcast. I just want to do a couple of – I just want to do a couple of other, other things here. A um, couple of announcements that I've been talking to you guys about. The – um, album that I'm going to be shooting will be recorded in the next couple of months. And I said, you know, get ready for the, for the first album coming out. And also we shot more in the documentary, Patrick Milligan, the head of uh, cringe humor and CH entertainment, uh, spoke on it and he nailed it. Also Joey roses, 
or as you know him as Joe DeRosa, he said some great stuff. His scene in the movie was great. Um, this is going to be something that I'm going to be really, really proud of, or it's not going to come out pretty much. But it's it's just a it's going to be such a real, honest, great documentary, and I'm hoping that you guys see it and 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 you love it and feel what we're feeling. But I mean, we got some really special people in it. And, um, you know, I don't want to give it all away, but it's going to be fucking pretty cool and amazing. And hopefully if the editing is done right and and you just know when it comes out, it's going to be awesome um, when it comes out. But but that's still going on and it's going to probably hopefully take a little less than a year to finish. But we're, we're on that. I was really happy with the shooting yesterday that we did. And I, I won't. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It needs to be right. I'm not pushing any projects or anything. I just need it to be the way that it needs to be. You know, some people are like, oh, there's a deadline. I don't give a shit. I don't care if my daughter's two years old when it comes out. This thing is going to be something that nobody has seen before. It's going to be raw. It's going to be real. It's going to be comedians and their kids and what it was like to be a kid of a comedian, what it's like to be comedians with kids, all that shit, man. And it's going to be really, really, uh, really deep. So it's not going to be a hokey family type. I mean, there's going to be that in it, but, you know, it's going to be something good. So I'm really, really happy about that. And again, I can't give, you know, too much of it away. But it's something that will make people go, oh, wow, that's not just a guy on stage with a microphone being funny. That guy actually has babies at home. That guy actually has to put money and food on the table. That That's something that, or, or female comic, you know. I mean, the project is more geared towards, you know, dads and stuff. But, you know, it's just more about a lot of people see a comic and they think, oh, that's what they do. And they don't understand that there's a lot of shit, man, when it comes to family and stuff. And that, that's what we're trying to portray with this project. So that's still going on. Uh, you're doing good, baby. Uh, she's going to need some milk in a second. So uh, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to get her and feed her while I do these plugs. So I'm going to keep you guys here. Hold on one second. She's a little too young and she can't talk on this, but she uh, she's going to eat her milk here while I do the plugs. Okay, so see, this is exactly what the documentary is. I'm sitting here holding a three-month-old baby with a bottle and she's got to look like if, I'm, if, if the nipple comes out, she's going to freak out. And I'm trying to do the plugs on my podcast. This is the life of a comedian with kids. That's what I'm trying to show, damn it. Okay, so, um, you know, I was going to do like some kind of outfits that they wear <laughs> for unacceptable for the week, but I don't know. I don't even know what kind of unacceptable it should be. I guess, I guess unacceptable should be like the fact that, Oh, you know, here's a good unacceptable, I guess. How about the fact that the Chinese badminton team just, like, literally quit? And at first I was like, well, maybe they're trying to get to another round. And I'm like, no, that's unacceptable. You're at the Olympics. You trained so hard. You got there. You know, you fly across the world to be there and you just quit because you wanted to have an easier second round. Hilarious but unacceptable. It's 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 ridiculous. <laughs> they were letting the thing. And they weren't even, like nonchalant about it that's the funniest part it was like they looked like they, it was like they were just fat dudes at a barbecue who couldn't who couldn't do it so they were just like ah you know we just want to drink and, and eat but we'll participate like that's it and they, and they were like world class badminton players unacceptable but hilarious and they got kicked out 
so what can you do? You know? That you can't and their thing was, yeah, we wanted to get to the easier second round. It doesn't make any sense though, because it's like, all right, well then if you play hard, this is what I don't understand about it. if you play hard and lose anyway, what's the difference? Then it's just like you're getting a good practice in. I don't I don't understand why you know, you could I you could play you could play hard. I mean, I understand that they wanted the next game to be easy, but you can play hard and still kind of let like one go in. Or I, I just, I just the, the whole way they went about it was ridiculous and unacceptable. That's unacceptable for the week. All right, now let me do some plugs here for you guys. Um, and again, I, I want to make sure I say this again. I know I said it at the top. Thank you for the comments. Keep the comments coming. I'm trying to get the podcast into the top 100. Uh, also going to have some big guests coming up on the show, guys. Some repeat guests that you know. Uh, I'm going to get my buddy Bill Burr back on here. We're probably going to do a preview of the NFL sometime in September. Uh, you guys know Bill. He's one of the best comedians in the country. And um, we're going to be working together in um, September and October in Cincinnati and Jacksonville. I'm going to be with him in Jacksonville, Florida in September at the end of the month. And then I'm going to be with him uh, in, I think at the beginning of October in Cincinnati and we're going to be going to some NFL games working together. Bill's going to be back on the show and I want to have some repeat guests on because I kind of want to do the Chelsea Handler thing where she brings the same comedians on where, you know, you guys get to know them and when you see them, you know, my friends and everything like that. So you guys kind of know the, the, the click, um, you know, just the people that, you know, that are all really close, I guess. Uh, we're not really in clicks, but you know what I mean. The, the same people, and, and I, I've gotten reviews from people that you guys liked on the podcast. So I'm going to try to get those people back for you. But uh, Bill will be back on, and we're going to do a really good podcast uh, coming up soon here. I am going on vacation. Cannot wait after the show tonight at Levity Live. I am out for days. I'm going away for not a whole week, but just a few days going to be by a lake, going to be doing nothing but golfing, fishing, playing cards, and just chilling out, not doing anything. I'm not writing jokes. I'm not getting on stage. I'm not doing shit for the next three or four days here, okay? I know what you're thinking. You got a three-month-old. Don't say shit. She doesn't know. She's not going to remember. She's drinking her milk. Okay, be your own parent. Don't judge me. But that's what we're going to do. And then um, tonight, I'm at Levity Live. With uh, Joe Matarese, they they put me on the show tonight, and then I'm going to be off for a few days. And then uh, August dates, I have uh, the August dates that I'll plug right now. Uh, Tuesday, August 14th, I will be at Gotham Comedy Club uh, for a great show. The Comedy Juice Show at Gotham Comedy Club. That's August uh, 14th, and then I will be headlining uh, comics at Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut, on uh, August the 19th. And then uh, I'll have some later August dates for you guys. And I'll also let you guys know I got a busy September coming up. So that's pretty much it. That's the podcast. I'm working on the logo, getting it back up. I hope you enjoyed this. And I can't believe 40, 46 minutes went by. It felt like this was went, went quick. But see the movie Bernie. I'll let you guys know about The Dark Knight. Thanks to everybody uh, in Indy. Thanks to all of my Verzi Effect listeners for everything, man. You guys are the best, and I do it for you guys, and I'm going to continue to just because the logo is down and uh, we missed a week of this. You know what? The Verzi Effect is alive and well, going to get stronger than ever. I'm on it, and that's it. So thank you so much. And I did send out T-shirt to the to uh, 
If you want a t-shirt and you listen to all of them, uh, let me know and I will do my best. I don't have any t-shirts now, but I will do my best. Thank you guys so much. I will talk to you all soon until episode 72. Uh, I am out. I am going on vacation. Later.